welcome to Mrs. King's Chronicles, a podcast for the fans of the show, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. I'm Jen Peterson, and I'm joined by friends Lexi Fema, Taya Johnston, and Miranda Thomas. And today we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 22, Murder Between Friends. Today's episode, Murder Between Friends, was aired as the 22nd episode of Season 2. It was actually filmed as the 22nd episode as well and aired on May the 6th of 1985. The director was Bob Sweeney and the writers were Mark Liston and Bill Frolick. So we had quite a few guest stars on this one that I wanted to point out. Fair warning, I am not going to cover Sam Melville because this is not the character we all liked Sam Melville as. This is the bad character of Glenn Tucker. Though... No Sam Melville in my guest stars today. He will come later. So the first one I have to talk about is Uncle Phil, a.k.a. James Avery, who played Nabuti in the episode. So when I call him Uncle Phil, it's because he was Uncle Phil on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And that's how I will always remember him. And I don't know if anyone else will remember him that way. Mm-hmm. But Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> We don't need to get into that song again, do we? I will sing, I promise. (laughs) No, no, our master singer on that one is Lexi. She has that down pat. Yeah. I you know what? That show made me like rap. Before that I would never listen to rap. After that, I went out and bought the Will Smith album. So other than being Uncle Phil on Fresh Prince, um, he's done quite a few voice acting roles actually. Um, most notably, and again, something that I remember him for, was he was the voice of Shredder on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the original Turtle version on TV from It's later. But he played Isley. He was the one that climbed the wall. Um, he was the one second floor guy that climbed the wall. He was born in Cleveland, Ohio. So he was close to me, sort of. So the thing that I thought I think is interesting about him, he most recently was in a movie that is really kind of an interesting one. Um, it's called Gosnell, The Trial of an American Serial Killer. And um, he played Kermit Gosnell, who was a physician who, it was a big case in Pennsylvania. Basically, he was convicted of murder from botched abortions and killing um, people that were trying to get abortions in, in Pennsylvania. At any rate, the movie is, is 
it just came out last year. Very interesting movie if you ever like to watch true crime type stuff. He was also in some other um, bit parts. He played in um, Antoine Fisher, the movie Antoine Fisher, American Splendor. Um, and he's done a ton of guest roles and different stuff from the 80s, 90s, and even into the 2000s. Um, next, I have um, Stan Ivar. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He's not here to <laughs> tell me if I'm saying it correctly or not. Um, who played Byron Jordan. He, one of the most interesting things I found about him is he played John Carter in Little House, The Last Farewell. So the reason why that's interesting is because he actually owns the little house on the prairie house that they used. It's dismantled on his ranch, and he's waiting for permission from Ed Friendly to take it to Minnesota so that they can take it to the Laura Ingalls Wilder Museum and reassemble it there. So because Ed Friendly has the rights to everything to do with the television series, it is just sitting there waiting to be reassembled. They have to get permission before they can do it. Oh wow. Gosh. Why won't the guy give him permission? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he's just a jerk. Who knows? Maybe he wants money. But I thought it was really interesting because who, you know, who, who would know that it just happens to be with this random person who basically he was only in the one movie. He wasn't in the original series. But I thought that was very cool. He was also in a bunch of guest starring roles as well um, from the 80s, 90s. He sort of stopped after the 90s, I believe. There wasn't a whole lot after that, but you guys can check out some of the additional roles he was in. They were all guest roles. Next, I will do Nita Talbot. Nita Talbot was Wilma, Amanda's prison oh, yeah. buddy. Um, she is most notably known for playing, and I'm going to say this name incorrectly, Maria on Hogan's Heroes. She was one of the, she signed a contract with Warner Brothers when she was 18 years old. And so she was in a lot of movies in the, um, late forties, early fifties, anything that was Warner Brothers, she was playing a bunch of bit roles in it. She had about hundred different credits for different bit parts and stuff that she did but I thought it was cool that um she you know at so young she signed a contract with Warner Brothers her her name was originally Anita Sokol and they made her change it to Nita Talbot the last one I have is John Brandon who played the detective detective Barr the most interesting thing that I found about Mr. John Brandon was he was the first television victim of the Cybermen from Doctor Who. So that's not going to mean anything to anybody who hasn't watched Doctor Who. But in 1966, John Brandon was the first victim. Um, he also had a recurring character on Dynasty. He was in the movie Scarface, Broken Hearts Club. And he was also um, on Hardcastle McCormick. He played a character named Boner. Boner, like B is in Boner? B O N E R. <laughs> oh my, that's unfortunate. <laughs> so that is all the guest stars that I have. Like I said, not talking about Sam Melville because this is a Glenn Tucker role and not his joking. <laughs> all right, very nice.
In an attempt to make more money, Amanda resigns from the agency, but her new boss is murdered and she becomes the prime suspect. Dun, dun, dun. Yellow flowers on the counter. Hello to Kate's mom. Mm-hmm. And the boys come running in and they want a wizard whopper. Now, the only thing that we can that we learn about this is that they're expensive. And Amanda starts to say they're kind of like a hula hoop, and then she kind of stops. And then the boys say that it's magic, and you can't kill a wizard without the whopper. (laughs) (laughs) So not sure what that even would be, but okay. The boys want one. And Amanda is coupon cutting right now in a very odd shirt. (laughs) It looks like those tabs that you put to keep your place in, like a book yes. or something. Mm-hmm. It, it does. It does. They're like buttonholes or something, aren't they? Are they buttonholes? Are they? I don't know what they are. It, so <laughs> just a white blouse, but it, then it has lots of different color tabs on it. Like yeah, they are. They're like tab. They're like tabs for buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. That is very odd. Interesting. Mm-hmm. When we were at Amanda's house, there's kids running around in shorts, and it's summer. Now, they just showed a, a, an establishing shot of the agency, and it's fall. Good catch. <laughs> You're right. Didn't even think about that. You're not supposed to look that carefully, Taya. It wasn't that carefully, Jen. It was the trees. Her trees at her house are all green and blush, and then the agency is like little little uh, leaf falling down off the tree. I mean, it's just sparse little looking thing. Yes, they do. They should have everything in in the summer box and everything over here in the winter box. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here's the thing. They had no idea that we were going to be watching this over and over. That is no excuse, young lady. As shown by Sam Melville being a bad guy in here. Yeah. turns out to be her husband. Yeah. (laughs) We actually, once we get in from the the cold fall morning, later, and Amanda's in a coat too. She's in a winter coat when she comes in. She is? A winter coat? She's in a winter coat. I remember it. Okay. I'll have to keep an eye out. I don't remember the winter coat. I'm almost positive I'm, she's in a winter I'm coat. I'm sure you're right. I just don't she remember it specifically. She definitely has a coat on. She has that really, I like the coat. It's, it's that tweed, coat. that white, creamy oh, okay. tweed coat that I like. Huh. Is it summer in Arlington, but in Georgetown, it's fall? Late fall, apparently, judging by her coat. Yeah, maybe they just had a really wild, you know, 20 minutes or something. <laughs> I don't know. Indian summer yeah, in November. Kentucky. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe it's like Kentucky where one hour it's 70 degrees and the next hour it's 40. That's how it is here in Michigan, too. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Getting past the faux pas mm-hmm. of the weather conditions here. There seems to be a hostage situation going on at the agency. Good way to put it. And Lee and Francine are synchronizing their watches and they are going, they're preparing to take on these would-be bad guys. Mm-hmm. They're going to mount a Billy rescue. A mount a Billy. As long as they don't mount Billy. Or mount a Billy goat. That's what I or a mount a Billy goat. <laughs> Because you can love your pets, but just don't love your pets. (laughs) Um, So they're about to, they've synchronized their watches. They're ready to go. And then the, the elevator door dings that it's arrived. And who should come out? Guess, guys. Guess. I bet you can't guess. 
Amanda in a full coat. Yes. <laughs> what do you guys think of Lee in the black um, jumper? I kind of like it. Do you? It doesn't do much for me, but it's fine. Yep, she's in a winter coat. I knew it. Does anybody remember what script this was actually taken from? The scene. Yes, I do remember. What is it? It was taken from a little sex, a little scandal. It was in the script, but it was not recorded as a part of the episode. Very nice. Yeah, they did. They totally. But it was theirs to begin with. True. The right. The writers did write it. They were regifting it. They yeah. they took it from one one somebody who didn't want that gift anymore and didn't use that gift, and then they regifted it to an episode that would like it and appreciate it more. <laughs> they probably do that more than we know. Oh, I bet. Like when writers were, you know, working on multiple episodes, they probably shut. Heck around. yeah, you got like when you're when I write like when I used to write when I actually could write had time uh, um huh had time when i had time and my writer's block wasn't killing me <laughs> like a vice um i would you know you'd have a little scene and you'd be like oh it's a great scene but it doesn't go with this story but you kind of sock it away for for something else you know mm-hmm. for another story and then you take it out and use it for something else interesting yeah the good old days <laughs> many moons ago. many 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 moons ago Scandal. That was a bit long. That episode had a lot going on. You know, there were yeah. car chases and mm-hmm. you probably couldn't fit in. And all that short additional, hair. Yeah, mm. additional terrorist attack. Right. So, yeah. Um, well, and obviously this matches perfectly with what they're prepping for. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it, it works way better in this than it would have that one. So much better. Good memory, though, Jen. Good job. Maybe they planned that all along. Yeah. I do like how when Amanda gets off the elevator and then she sees it, she's like, oh, heck, like, heck no, exit, stage right, you know? She goes right back to the elevator and, like, tries to push it to get out. And then Lee, instead of Lee just being like, oh, God, you know, he goes and grabs her and brings her over to keep her safe. I Mm -hmm. like that. Because even though we know it's a pretend death that could have happened, it's sweet that he didn't even want her to pretend die. Right. Well, they are they are tricking us for a brief moment. We don't know if this is real or not. Mm-hmm. So right. It's good that we believe that he's saving her before we find out that it was all drill. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> His hair looks really long in this. Yeah, I think it was blown in the wind. <laughs> Blowing in the wind. <laughs> he brings her over uh, in between Francine and and himself. So, question though: Does Francine have a a crossbow? <laughs> I just see a big gun. So when I think it's a gun with a silencer. Later, later in the episode. Oh, okay. Later she does. Okay. Dark gun. Okay. I was like, why would she have a dark gun in this? Okay, that makes more sense. Later. Makes more sense. Lee, he looks like he's wearing like a wrestler's belt. You know, like those big like uh, weightlifters. Sorry, weightlifter belt. He looks like he did in the. I don't remember if it was last week's episode where he was crawling through the like the data center. Oh, that was that was. Um, you only die twice. Yeah, yeah. like how he had that little outfit on too. <laughs> I love time. it that he had that little outfit on. Yeah, it's so cute. It's probably just one jumper for everything. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. You know, you got to love Lee's entrance into Billy's office. Instead of like just barging through the door, he actually breaks through and does a somersault into the into the office and then shoots the bad guy. Yeah. 
That was funny. Very Lee thing. Too. Yeah, it's very Lee thing. And Billy's like, next time, can you come through the door? That gun that one guy had is huge. That Billy ends up with at the end. I thought it was a nice touch. You said you wanted realism. And then Francine, with her hair perfectly coiffed, she's like, we knocked off five seconds. He's like, all right, well, we'll do it again. He's like, they're all like, uh. <laughs> they got to replace Billy's window first. Yeah. Oh, that's an expensive drill. Yeah, right? And that the silencers, I mean, they definitely sounded like a real gun. So mm-hmm. then we get to meet Byron Jordan. Now, in the script, even up to the final draft, which is uh, the script that we have, final draft uh, from March 3rd, 1985, his name is actually Brian in Brian Jordan in the script. Huh. Yeah. I wonder why they changed it. I don't know. Somebody couldn't spell? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Or someone kept saying Byron instead of Brian. So they're like, forget it. So Just call the guy. His new name is Byron. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? Is he cute? Yeah. I think he's cute. You do think he's cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're very emphatic about that. Yeah, I think he's cute. Okay. Solid. I think he's, I think he's attractive. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. He's not Lee attractive, but mm-hmm. he's attractive. Yeah, I mean, it's like, He's you not know. Sam attractive. Oh, you think Sam Melville's attractive? Oh, yeah, he's attractive. He's wow. A you think he's a babe? Wow. He's older. That's a strong word. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about him I like. I don't know if it's because I love his character in The Rookies mm-hmm. with him and Kate um, that makes him attractive. I mean, obviously, his eyes are very pretty. He is beautiful. Yeah, they're like pools of yeah, goodness. Turquoise. Yeah. Beautiful. But I think it's because he's shorter that it. Probably for me, I'm saying for me, and he's kind of got that curly hair and just the thought of having somebody else with curly hair in me would just be like a little poodle child that comes out. So I think all those things play into it. I'm very, I'm a very uh, layered person, you guys. There's a lot of things going on. you're racist against curly hair types. Well, yeah, because I don't want to have a, I wouldn't want to have a child with my curly hair plus their curly hair equals like a big fro. Okay, but what if like the love of your life had curly hair? Like it was love at first sight besides that. What if Lane had like a fro when he met him? I, you know what he had, and it was really pretty. Was pretty. <laughs> she saw a picture of Lane. She's like, "Oh my, the hair." <laughs> um, I, I, I don't. <laughs> Look at she looks so disgusted. Feature. I mean, I just, I, I'm not. I think because I know how much I hate my curly hair. I think I just automatically don't find it. No, I just, I don't like, I mean, my curly hair is, is my, the bane of my existence. I can't get into this again with you. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's a pain in the ass for me. You know, it's a pain in the butt for me to have to, to yes, deal with all the time. What if there's a guy who straightened his hair? Got a chemical straightening. <laughs> <laughs> he used lye in his hair. <laughs> Well, I'd have to say I'm married, first off. <laughs> That's what I would have to say. Uh-huh. Seeing as I've been married almost 25 years, thank you very much. I'd like to stay that way. <laughs> but, go, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like I, I have this mental block with shorter guys. I just don't, I, it's just not my type. 
And I also don't find um, light haired guys, um, you know, I don't find them attractive either. Yeah. Not that I can't go, oh, that's a good looking guy. Just not my type kind yeah. of thing. I like dark hair, tall and, and um, curly hair. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, you know what? My dad's got curly, my dad had curly hair. So maybe I just kind of piece that together with that. Maybe, I don't know. It could be a whole bunch of many, many things that I need to go see a psychiatrist about, apparently. Nah, you're locked down. You're all good. I don't like, I don't think I like guys with very curly, Sam Neville has very curly hair. Yeah. I don't like that. It's just not attractive, but, but not because of your reasons. Yeah. I like him. I like his character that he played. So, and I know how much him and Kate were really good friends. Like she spoke at his funeral you know, got up and eulogized him and all that. So they were very close. So I don't, I find that very nice. I just don't know about like physically finding him attractive. He's a good looking guy. Yeah, you know I what I mean? He's really attractive and the, his voice too, I think is great. But then yeah. again, I love Dirk too. And I am. Um... Maybe you like, he's a bad kind of, in this character, you'd like him because he's a bad guy. <laughs> I like him better as this character. Than you do, Joe. than you Joe's do Joe. too soft. He's just. Yeah, that's what I find. Yeah. But I like his character, Mike, on The Rookies, because you watched The Rookies, Jen, don't you? Didn't you? You've seen it? Yeah, it's a it's a different... Um, he's not... He's a tough guy, but he's yeah. also a romantic guy, kind of. Mm-hmm. so it's nice. Joe, to me, is a little too soft yeah, and too... very soft. Yeah, there's not enough... And that's the writer's, you know, concern. It, you know, they just didn't build him, Yeah, I think. I think they try to make him too, I think they try to make him too much of somebody that you wanted to like Mm -hmm. because you wanted Amanda to have this nice husband, but the things just didn't work out. You didn't want any animosity there. You didn't Mm -hmm. want any uh, anger between the two of them. You know what I mean? It also makes Lee look that much more appealing. Exactly. So Byron does have just just the flair of Weasel Face Man underneath his good luck. So <gasps> oh, now I don't know if I can ever look at him again like that. I did not pick that up from this guy. I just liked his. He looks like a college football player to me. Yeah, like, like just all American a all American kind of guy. Kind of guy. Yeah. I liked his hair. His yeah, it's a little favorite. longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I see where you would like that. But he is kind of, he's shorter too. Because, I mean, look at Kate's right up there with him. And, I mean, she's only got a little bit of heel on. Yeah. I love it. Billy goes, Amanda, were you killed? She goes, no, sir. <laughs> he's like, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's something you don't usually hear your boss say. That's true. Were you killed? No. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I hope we never have that conversation. <laughs> yeah, let's not have that yeah. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's filling the, the team in. Uh, apparently, Amanda's allowed to hear all this. Mm-hmm. Okay. President Nabuti is uh, set to arrive, and he's not postponing even against all the threats that they've had against him. And he's there for a, a summit meeting, and they are there to protect him. Hmm. So they are working on it uh, in conjunction with Byron, Jordan's security team. Jordan security. All these people are so unfortunate looking. <laughs> Aren't they though? <laughs> it's like a who's who of losers. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, let's find the most unattractive extras. Oh, I'm sure in the scene. I'm sure they they just made them look that way. Yeah, that one on the left, I don't know. About it looks like a woman dressed up as a man, doesn't it? <laughs> with like a fake mustache yeah. or something. Yeah, doesn't know. it? It kind of does with the eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. 
That's so funny. Those two look like they could be cousins. <laughs> the same thing. Like that's the one going through puberty because it's such a thin mustache and then that one is much older. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, so Billy's telling him that there's uh, factions of communists that are trying to get the president. They're there to protect him. So apparently this new booty guy's not catering to the to the terrorists and and uh, he's going to be staying at a special diplomatic mansion. And Byron Jordan and Jordan of Jordan Securities will be installing the security system. He's trying to impress Amanda. Yeah. He's smitten. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not expecting to find such a lady in, in the agency like that, you know? That's true. Well, maybe he's heard of her, too. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like he has. But Billy apologizes to Amanda for calling her down there, but he needed a decoy to throw the, you know, to kind of throw a wrench into things. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah, no problem. And, and she wants to ask him for the raise that uh, her mother kind of insisted that she ask for. Mm-hmm. And so she, he's like, well, this is the only time I have, so do it. I, that would be so awkward to ask your boss for a raise in the middle of the bullpen like that. Yeah. Like, and she just goes for she it. She does. She's like, "All right, well, sir, uh, I'm only asking for what's you know what's right, and mm-hmm. it's for my family, sir." Yeah. And whatever she gets paid, she does not get paid enough. Oh heck, no! Not I mean, she, to, she has to deal with grump, Mister Grumpy Pants. Not that that's also can be. That can also be a positive and a bonus, but at times when he's a jerk, it's it's you you need hazard pay for that. Yeah. She asks for it, and Billy says, "I can't." You know, the government's cut our funds by fifteen percent. He's like, "I'd double your salary if I could." You know, she seems to understand, but you know, disappointed for sure. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves, and Lee's like, "Amanda," she's like, "You know, I can't even afford to buy the boys a wizard whopper." He's like, a what? A wizard what? She's like, a hula. Never mind. And then Byron's just sitting there and he's saying, you know, things have a way of working themselves out. And she's just like, okay, whatever, strange guy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she leaves. When they go in for the double hand grip, that's how you know that they're interested. Oh, really? When yeah. they touch? Yeah, it means like they're really like. Into you? Into you. Okay, now I'm going to be creeped Even, out if I have that ever happen. Or like, you know, like they're really, they're trying to show you that they're like giving you their attention. Yeah. You know, like they just. What is it when the guy grabs your hand and squeezes so hard that it almost breaks your knuckles? That I don't understand. What is that about? I Somebody did that a couple of weeks yes. ago at the office and I'm like, what? I'm like, came out going, oh my God. It's, it's one of two things. Either they're trying to show you that they've got more power than you, or they're just too strong and don't realize that they're doing it. He's not a strong guy, so I think it's so like... He's a, it's a power play. He's yeah. He didn't you. do that to me, but so he's intimidated by you. Oh, look at that. Um, so anyways, Amanda leaves. I still, I like that coat. I know you don't really care for it. I think it's cute. Hmm. It looks nice on her. It's sweet, Lee's like, I wish there was something I could do. He's like, hopefully things will change. Just takes a little time. Look at that. I know. Okay, so in the script, hold on. In the script, things things happen a little differently. Okay, I was right. In the script, she actually has a palm-sized crossbow gun. Francine. Francine does. And she pulls it from her accessory belt and inserts a feathered dart into the guide track. So she actually, what the hell is she going to do with the dart gun? She's going to like poison somebody who's just there. I mean, like, I mean, they want to be able to take the terrorists in for questioning, maybe. So, right. But 
why would she have a dart gun on a drill? Like, who's she going to shoot a dart at and not... She can still shoot a dart at yeah. her just not have the... It's just a blank. In it, just a so some dude's going to get sh- hit with a dart? <laughs> that would hurt like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> not, like, And bonus, he's out for the rest of the day and doesn't have to work. <laughs> you know, maybe he's wearing uh, like a vest or something and she knows to aim for the chest so it won't puncture them. Or maybe it's like a Nerf gun dart, you know, for this particular. It's a feather dart. I just a said A feather that. dart with, uh, attached to a Nerf Okay, so listen gun. to this. So uh, this is how the scene plays out in the script, mm-hmm. okay? Lee is about to give Francine the signal to fire when the closet elevator opens out opens and out steps Amanda, who is stuffing coupons back into her purse. She is oblivious to the current danger. Of course she is. Uh, Oh no, Lee says. Not yet able to see the bodies, Amanda approaches the terrorist from behind to ask him where Lee is. Excuse me, could you tell me? And the terrorist whirls around, and for the first time, Amanda sees the deadly Uzi staring right at her. Amanda throws up her hands, sending coupons flying into the air and fluttering around the hallway. Oh, cringing, cringing, cringing. The terrorist reaches out to grab Amanda, but his grasp is cut short from behind by Lee, who knocks him out. Lee, Amanda yells. Get down or you're dead. Grabbing her, he says this. Jeez. He pulls her over to the wall next to Francine. We only have 20 seconds, uh, Francine says. The three of them edge up underneath the bullpen windows. Amanda is somewhat in shock. She goes, those men have guns. Lee extracts a, heart, uh, a hand dental mirror from his accessory belt and inches it above the opaque surface of the window. He positions it so that the second terrorist is in view. So then we go on from there. Isn't that weird? <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. The way that they filmed it was much better. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the quiet, you know, not a lot. And I like the fact that... Yeah. I, and I like the fact that Amanda's not doing stuff that makes me want to cringe, like the coupon thing. She wouldn't have her coupon still out in her, hand. in her hands when she's already come up from the elevator. Yeah. I mean, come you on. Had to drive to get there. And yeah. Later, Brian, mm-hmm. <laughs> not Byron, she sees when they're standing there, she sees um, somebody sweeping up her coupons and she's like, my coupons. And, and Jordan's like, let us help you. Oh <laughs> and, my God. And. And then both Jordan and Lee kneel down to help her. Jordan eyes Amanda with interest. And Lee says, there's barely enough money to keep all the staff. Don't take it personally that uh, Billy has told her that she he can't give her a raise. Mm-hmm. And um, then she says about the wizard whopper. And uh, and then, he, you know, it kind of goes on from there. But My coupons, my gosh. And then Lee, <laughs> Lee holds a coupon. Yeah, this is a great, uh, great buy on coffee. Like, seriously, Robus. Oh, that would have been cute. But kind of reminiscent of Saved by the Bells. They kind of did that with Saved by the Bells, though, with the... No, not Saved by the Bells, sorry. Fearless Dottie. Yeah, with the birthday toy. Yes. The spaceman. All right. So now we're out in the woods somewhere and guys are flipping themselves over uh, walls and throwing knives and sh- and has uh, a grappling hook, climbing, scaling a, a would-be wall. A giant pallet. Yeah. A giant vertical it does, pallet. It looks like a pallet. <laughs> You're right. 
You're right. But we get to see Sam Melville for the first time, a.k.a. Joe King, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. in this episode, Glenn Tucker. Mm -hmm. And he's very surly and very gruff. Yelly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys remember what Greg said he remembers about Sam? That he He always smelled good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He smelled like a man. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Remember that? That was funny. Yeah. That's sweet, though. He seems like he was a very nice, kind person, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You kind of get that sense. He kind of looks good in camo, I have to say. I find him I find him more attractive in this. Undoubtedly. I don't like his character, but I find him more attractive in this because mm-hmm. he's tougher and not so, you know, puppy doggy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys, what do you two think? Yeah, I always find him somewhat attractive. Yeah. Yeah. So that's usually what I pick up on rather than the gruffness, but I like him as here comes game. I don't know. I I think I like I don't know. I I, I can't really compare the two because it's still Sam Melville, but hmm. I, I, I see what you're saying though. I can I can see that the the gruffer, more masculine character is more attractive. Yeah. So he is a bad guy. Maybe if he wasn't a bad guy and he was just, you know, some other do then it would be different but yeah yeah i think i remember when i watched scarecrow mrs king before i watched the rookies and didn't really know him mm-hmm. and i mostly watched the later episodes i was like man her husband was a wimp <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny so yeah that was <laughs> yeah because i mean when i watched it i watched this first and then watched the rookies years later mm-hmm. you know as an adult right. so it, it is uh it's funny how you see him because at the time, I don't know if I, when I was a kid, I don't think I went, hey, that's that guy that was on the previous episode, but he was a different character. I don't think I, I don't remember consciously, no, you know, acknowledging that. that yeah. yeah. But it is cool because Kate was very, uh, Bruce mentioned this multiple times, that Kate was very loyal to her friends and she looked out for them and got in. Sam was um, at risk for losing his um, insurance through the guild and because he hadn't worked in a while. And Kate got him this job so that he could keep his, his work. And then actually his wife, Anne, she had uh, work on the set as well. She was uh, Kate's stand-in. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And she did, you know, other things for, for the show as well. That, so they awesome. could actually, you know, they could get by, you know. That's very cool. I think I find that very admirable. Yeah. You know, that you, because it's easy, especially when you're successful like that, to kind of just forget about the people that you met on the way up. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think that's cool that she, she did that. And she did it a lot. You can, mm-hmm. you know, you see a lot of people that are, she's helped. Which is why, and I don't understand what happened with her after she left this show. Yeah. Because it's just totally out of character. Not to like contact. Do you know what I mean? Not whatever. Yeah. I you, think it, it, and I can't speak for her, but being sick like that is a sort of loss, and everybody deals with loss in different ways. Mm-hmm. And maybe separating was how she dealt with it. Yeah, I mean, I yes, I, and I would be that way too when I'm sick. But later, like ten years later, I would always circle back. If they were my, you know what I mean? If they were my yeah, friends. And I at that point, like, how do you know that they want you to come back? You know what I mean? Like, especially if it was a leave without being able to say anything because of how you felt. 
maybe then she was embarrassed to have, by going back. You never know. Everybody's yeah, I mean, reaction is different. Believe me, I'm not criticizing her. I just, um, it's just hard for me to, knowing what I know about her, like, Tia saying about other actors and stuff, it's just hard for me to believe that she didn't come back to anybody in the show. I don't, you, you mentioned that it's out of character. I don't know that it is out of character. When I think she's very yeah, in her life, you mean? no, I mean throughout because other things had happened. Um, you know, when you're obsessed like me, um, you kind of learn things as you you know you just read and you learn things about it. Sure. Um, when she broke, she and um, Edward Albert broke up. Edward Albert. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Edward Albert. When they broke up, it would that was it like severed ties, all that kind of thing, and they it took until right before he died when they worked on. Which is why something more emotional must have happened here because if they were friends like Sam Melville, I think she would have kept that. This is just my personal theories about it. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, it's all, you know, all of it's based on just, you know, your thought, everybody, all of our, yeah, all of our conjecture, you know? So, I mean, feel free. I'm the same way, though. Like, if I have a, I have, um, a falling out with somebody, it may be just a long time. Well, <laughs> and think um, about this, though. The way she left the show and not telling anybody, I'm sure at the time it seemed perfectly fine for her. I think maybe looking back on it, she was she probably maybe regretted it and felt bad about it. And you know when you've screwed something up and you don't want you just want to walk away from it, you don't want to remember it, and you know what I mean. Like you just yeah, want to totally forget and not think about it anymore and be surrounded by it. And I think maybe that could have played into it too. Maybe sure. I I have to think she was hurt in some way as well. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, Bruce said he yeah, said some yeah. horrible things about her. Yeah. I mean, he said them in the yeah. press. Mm -hmm. He said them um, to people that knew her, and I'm sure it got back to her, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, if she thought she was betrayed, I can, that would make a lot more sense. In terms of people kind of turning on her. And, yeah. And being yeah, like, it's her fault like, that we don't have a show anymore and all that. Just, I mean, again, like Lexi said, it's all conjecture. I mean, you don't, we don't know Jack diddly squat, but you can just make assumptions. And that's all yeah. that we can do because we, she isn't out there and doesn't, and won't write her damn book. Too right. <laughs> but I just have to think all the time she spent, especially with Bruce. Yeah. Like, and she'll talk about that relationship and that they were friends and they have a lot of, I mean, they did all these scenes together. They talked a lot. It's something must have happened there because I don't, I, that's like, a college best friend you know what i mean you just don't walk away and but you know what i've i've uh, i've had interview i've heard interviews where people that were um on you know a, a a long running show with people then they they leave and then they never see them again you know mm -hmm. and they're like yeah it was just a job and you know i've moved on you know i mean again we get think so about attached it. to the character yes the acting thing that we talked about last week yeah like you know, we're seeing them as these characters and thinking that, like, that relationship, because they're so good, like, mm -hmm. that it actually exists. And these actors that do it day in, day out, they're just able to separate. A lot but of think about it this way, guys. 
very, I, I, I had friends that I worked with over the years and we worked together for many years. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to them in a long time and I'm yeah. perfectly fine not talking with them. I, I still like them, sure. but I don't have an inclination to go talk to them all the time and have that relationship. I might, you might have one or two people that you might still be friends with, yeah. but you don't, you know, you work together very closely, mm-hmm. but you you've left that job and now you're doing something else. And so you kind of could think about it that way too. How many, how many friends you don't have friends. You didn't keep all your friends, you know, mm-hmm. she portrayed on interviews and stuff. them. Well, of course, very, which is, they're going to do I, that I, so I that you like the show. I thought. I, I thought it was pretty genuine, but maybe it wasn't. Yeah. I think some of it was put on. I, I would love it if they were best friends and they all hung out together and it was all hunky dory, but you got to think some of that was put on, you know? Oh, I'm not naive, but. No, yeah. But I, I mean, think, no, I mean, I, I would have loved it. feeling that they had more to their relationship than. So you think they had an affair or something? Than just walking away, never speaking to that person again. Like, literally, I think something happened that was hurt, very hurtful. And it wasn't just the sickness, is what I think, but this is just my theory. And it could have been an affair. It could have been. They, there was rumors that at the end that they were having an affair. So I guess it's possible. Well, and, and Dennis did tap, say that, you know, when she had an affair with someone. That it, that, was, that it. was it. I mean, you were just cut out forever. Gary Davis is uh, a perfect example. Yep. So if she did, that would be unfortunate because then that was like she made the decision that she mm-hmm. didn't work with him anymore or you would think bruce would be smart enough to know not to uh <laughs> shit where he eats you know no nope, not <laughs> when their little brain is involved <laughs> I think he was pretty cocky at the time though oh he totally was that's what i mean uh, yeah you don't shit where you eat <laughs> you know it's interesting to think about but it blows my mind that they wouldn't even i mean i know they meet up eventually or they discuss stuff eventually but yeah it just, yeah, that still just blows my mind. He definitely sh- had remorse for the things he said. He apologized. He sent her flowers every uh, birthday on her, for her for many years. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and that just reinforces my view that something happened. Because if you did nothing, if nothing weird happened. Right. And then. There's a little guilt there. <laughs> yeah, she's gone. And you don't even try to contact her. But yet you're saying nasty stuff. I mean. Yeah. Something he he knows more than he's telling that. Regard. Oh yeah. I wish she just write about all of it because I know. Would be interested to read it. I hope she does. I hope she doesn't like. You know, like I can see if somebody wanted to write the story and then when they die, let it be published so that they don't have to deal with anything. I can get that, but I hope she doesn't just like take it to the grave with her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that I like the idea of her going to the grave, but you know what I mean, oh. like. And her perspective would be... She's very private. Because Mm -hmm. she was such a hard worker and very, I think, very frugal and very driven. And I bet you she can look back if someone helped to really see all those phases and how fame kind of changes you and how, Mm -hmm. you know, and how you come back around. And how people treat you in those different phases. in the 80s, that time period, would just be very interesting for her to write it it out. Mm Mm-hmm. Just do that for me. Yeah, just for you. <laughs> just for you, Jen. Just, just no. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah. I just I wouldn't want it to sound like we don't respect Kate. Oh, please. 
In fact, the whole reason we do this is we're Kate fans, you know, mm-hmm. because she's badass. She went through all that. It's a big, big thing to go through. So yeah, but it's just it's our interpretation of what we think happened. We we have no idea. The only person that knows really, for sure, is Kate. You know. Mm-hmm. And Bruce and, you know, I mean, like the people involved, obviously. I would like, I like to think that they, you know, had a healthy relationship, you know? Yeah. But who knows? I mean, I don't know how you could in that type of an environment, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think they naturally balance each other out because Bruce is very calm and funny and, and he has his own stuff. But she's so intense that they would have been a good sounding board for each other. She probably pushed him and... He calmed her down. Yeah. Where the heck were we? So we were we're back in the we're in the backwoods of Virginia, I think, and uh, Sam is yelling, um, and Glenn Tucker is yelling at his team of mercenaries uh, that uh, they need to be faster and more efficient, uh, and that they only have a little bit of time because of getting the security codes he's gonna have to get those so 40 seconds you're not far enough in your day so now we are with byron and amanda and we've learned now that byron reached out to amanda and is trying to woo her away from the agency he's bringing her to his office i don't know that sweater makes her look really Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot bigger than she is I like the color combo, though. Yeah, I like the skirt. You like the skirt? Like the pink color. The pink color of the skirt. So he's trying to pull her away from the agency. She's kind of saying, well, I think the agency needs people right now. So she's kind of feeling guilty for, for leaving. And then he's really putting on uh, the charms and, and trying to get her. He's saying that he's checked with um, people around the agency and they all spoke very highly about her. And then he hands her keys and says, these are the keys to your office. And she's like, oh, shoot, man, I'll have my own office instead of having a little table in the agency, you know? And it has a view. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of the Potomac. Oh, the Potomac. Right. Mm-hmm. His hair's a lot grayer. Is it just me or is, like, everybody that tries to pick up Amanda smarmy? Yeah. They're like, I don't know. Maybe it's just pick up it. People trying to pick up chicks in the 80s were acting like that. But, like, it just gives me the creeps. I'm like, ew. <laughs> you're like. Ew. Yeah, he's putting it, pulling, um, putting it on a little thick. Yeah, and it's like it's not like it's all even when even when Glenn Tucker walks in after yes. thinking about it's the same way. Like I'm like, ew, what is wrong with you people? Mm-hmm. People dated in the eighties. Like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't have to live through that. <laughs> it's being very upfront, very quick. Like let. Let her get to know you a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. But they they put it out there like, oh, I'm interested yeah. in you. It's like, okay, slow your roll there, buddy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. He, he is laying it on thick. He's offering her double her salary, which I don't know if she's still working part-time for him or full-time. But if he's she's working full-time for him, double her salary would just be working more hours, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. but if it's, you know, part-time like she is then I guess double her amount she's making per hour yeah yeah and then like you said uh Glenn Glenn Tucker comes in in the script they actually have an error in the script because Glenn Tucker comes in and he says my pleasure couldn't have a nicer boss than Tucker Tucker's saying that (laughs) (laughs) so he should be saying 
Jordan instead of Tucker. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so they just had a typo in there, but old eagle eyes found it. (laughs) Yeah, Sam said it right. He's kind of standing there all beefcake-y, isn't he? (laughs) He does look kind of cute there. He's got a very charming smile. He does. Mm -hmm. I think it's his eyes they suck you in. I guess you're probably right. It's his eyes. Mm -hmm. So they're going through the staging for the um, plan for Nibuti's security. I just like saying Nibuti. All I think of is that song, Miss Nibuti. Oh, I don't know that one. It was really inappropriate. Oh. I think it was a one-hit wonder sort of thing. Uh It was like, I found you, Miss Nibuti. So (laughs) when I heard his name again, I I always cackle. That's funny. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, for once, there's three women in the room against two men. I know. How shocking. They need the women to plan it. <laughs> oh, now it's three to three. <laughs> but he's leaving. Ubonda. What was it? Ubonga or something like that? Ubwanda? I forgot how he says it, but Billy says it pretty well. No, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's a real country. Ubandwa. Ubandwa? Yeah. But what the way Mel says it, he says it very. He's got um, the African yeah, it. he really yeah. does. Ubandwa, but it's he says it better. Yeah, he's like Ubandwa, or like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but he like he does. He Which uh, supposedly he was horrible at pronouncing those <laughs> things. So I wonder how long it took him yeah. to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't Ubandwa. think that's real. Ubandwa. Is it start with a K? No, U B O N D W A. Ubandwa. Ubandwa. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. So somebody bring an agency brings in a document and says, and he says, this is from the Ubandwa government confirming the fact that the communist rebels have hired a mercenary hit squad. I think we know who it is. Mr. Tucker. Three, maybe four members. It's four. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for the right moment to move. Oh, no, there's more people in there. Where are those other guys? I don't remember seeing those other guys in there. How did they show up? <laughs> Maybe they just pulled the camera back. Okay. Yeah. This, okay, you know, I made videos for years. So this was one of my favorite clips because she looks so innocent and sweet. And, and, and the look he gives, it's just a perfect little moment. I love mm-hmm. this. It's so sad. It's like bittersweet. But it, I always love this clip. Because the camera comes right up on her face. Yeah. So Lee's, you know, like, Amanda, I'll need prints on this. And she's like, no, I can't. I I came to say, just stop by to say goodbye. And and not really goodbye because I'll still be around. And they're like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? She's like, well, Byron Jordan offered me a job as executive assistant at double my salary. And Francine's like, she's probably giddy at this point. Like, woohoo, I get rid of Amanda King. But she's like, oh, nice touch. And then... Billy says, you know, that Jordan's a good man. Bill, uh, Lee doesn't seem uh, super excited, though, does he? Mm-hmm. Do you see that little, his eyebrows are like, hmm, well. It, it's kind of like that look like, oh, well, they all leave anyways kind of thing for yeah. him. You know what I mean? But see that look right there. Mm-hmm. That is just so innocent to me. I don't know. Something. And the look he gives, too, like, hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So now we're back to Amanda's and it's apparently summer again. So, (laughs) but uh, Amanda's rushing around to get ready to go to her new job, her first day. 
And and Amanda accidentally says, I'm going to, I wanted to stop by the agency. And she's like, what agency? She goes, you know, the film company. And she's like, oh, right. Well, I guess they would have an agency, uh, you know, like a talent agency on the side. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Way to rationalize, daddy. (laughs) Amanda doesn't even have to lie anymore. Her mother just does it for her. Exactly. She rationalizes it out for her. She comes up with an explanation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amanda, I am so excited for you. A good, steady, full-time job. This may be the beginning of a whole new life for you. What are you running around like this for? I mean, it's only 8.15. You don't have to be at work until 10. Well, I want to stop by the agency. Agency? What agency are you talking about? Oh, you know, Mother IFF. Oh, IFF is an agency. Well, that makes sense. I mean, why shouldn't they be? I mean, after all, if they are a film company, they should have a talent agency on the side. That's right. Listen, Amanda, I'm going to tell you something. I never liked the idea of you working for IFF. I mean, they should have moved you up, given you something challenging to do. I think you're going to find this new job much more exciting. Oh, I hope not. Hey, Mom, mm-hmm. since got this new job and all, we're going to be rich. Can we add on another room for me? Hey, wait a minute. Who's well, hold it just a second. We're not going to be rich. Okay? Amanda, you never know. I mean, one of these days, you might open your own security company. Yeah. You yeah. know anything about security, Amanda? Have a good day. Amanda, oh, I want a piece of bacon and some orange juice. Your grandmother always said that you should have a hearty breakfast before you start the. Have a good day now. Okay, break a leg or an arm or whatever they say. Oh. So now we're back at the agency and they're definitely uh, getting ready for a mission. When I watched that, I thought those were candy bars. <laughs> the the yeah, the, I thought um, she was taking it off the, the bullet. Like, um, why does things? she have all those unwrapped candy bars? <laughs> and then I realized it was clips for the gun. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yep. And they're all. Why are they shoving those candy bars in those yeah. guns? It should go in your mouth, not in the gun. <laughs> that's such a waste of good chocolate. Yeah, I thought she was packing snacks. <laughs> it always falls to the woman. You're not yourself without your <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, so Amanda's like, oh, is this another practice? And, uh, and she's like, no, this is a real thing. Francine is Katniss Everdeen before Katniss Everdeen yes. was a thing. Look at her with You're that right. Bow. Yeah. Yeah. And her hair is all mm-hmm. up snug in a bun. Yep. Lee, man, <laughs> could he carry any more junk with him? I mean. That's a net? Yeah. Okay. She, she's like, Lee, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be leaving it, you know. And he's like, I know, I know. It's for the best, you know. I like his expression in this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He goes, you take care of yourself. And she goes, you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Do you like her sweater? It's, I'm not a big fan of this one. No. I like the colors, but not the, like. It's kind of like thread. It's like um, unfinished at the ends, like frayed. Hmm. The house is humongous. Yeah, definitely looks like it. Holy moly. So did you go out to that house? I, I don't remember seeing that house, but it's possible, but I don't think I, so. I, I was curious, so I did look it up. I guess it's been in a lot of, it was in Starsky, Starsky and Hutch. Okay. I never that watched that. Recent movie and then a whole bunch of like 80s and 90s Falcon Crest and stuff. Okay. I could see that in Falcon like Crest. Take a guess on the worth of that sucker. Oh. Okay. Uh, it's, in, it's in Pasadena. Okay. It's like, it's not as bad as I thought, but it's 11 million. Oh, okay. It's been in a lot. It's in movies. Pasadena? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, no wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's huge. I uh, did... guess, you know, so, somewhere it's less, less conspicuous, so that's around 2.5. Does yeah. it say what the square footage is? Um, It is 13 bedrooms, 9 baths, <gasps> 11,500 square feet. Oh, my wow. goodness. And you can have it, well, if it's for sale, for a mere 42000 a month. 
Oh, that's, that's not bad rent. <laughs> there you go. Actually, a really, really pretty uh, facade, like that Tudor style. Yeah, yeah, and the windows, the lead windows, uh, lead glass yeah. on there. That's very pretty. I think that's why it's been in a lot of movies. It's mm -hmm. built in 1906. Oh, wow. A golden age for a residential construction. What is the pristine what? Pasadena area? You found you found the address, or? Mm-hmm. It's okay. 1050 Arden Road, Pasadena. But Now I gotta look it up. Yeah, oh, it's beautiful really even fast. today. It last sold in 2018, actually. In 2018, wow. Oh wait, no, no, no. That's that's near nearby property. Sorry. Here, hang on a second. Let's look at the Zillow tax records. I'll tell you what it sold. Yeah, the Zillow information. But yeah, tax it's history. It's very pretty. Uh, it, was, it was designed by the architect G. Lord Stimson, oh, cool. who also designed the famed Wrigley Estate, which I don't know that estate, but apparently it's famous. Oh, the Zestimate's $11 million. Yeah. They're only paying on $596,000 worth of taxes. That's the tax assessment. Well, how long have they owned it? <laughs> um, let's see. The last sale... It looks like they've had it at least since 2000 because there's no huge uptick since 2000. So whoever owns it, they've had it a long time. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is. It's really gorgeous. It says it, it boasts that it's had 75 years to grow the shrubs and trees. So it's oh, that's quite cool. stunning. Yeah. Hmm. Pretty. Very fun. This is the mansion that Nabuti is staying at. And Amanda and Byron just finished walking it. And apparently she is already giving some good suggestions um, that he's going to include in his other security packages. So like his standard security packages. So she's already helping out, adding value already mm -hmm. on her first day. So that's pretty good. So now this is where it gets a little creepy. He's like, hey, there's a couple of things I'd like to go over with you for dinner. She's like, sure. He's like, all right, I'll send my limo. I mean, that's not very appropriate. Not on your first date. Hashtag, hashtag me too. Yeah. I mean. She kind of waited a little while. I mean, she yeah. wanted to get to know each other. Yeah. Well, spoiler, Jen, but he doesn't have much time. Yeah. <laughs> True. And he should probably ixnay on the steakier. <laughs> All right, so I don't know. They don't really say where this is, but the agency is in the middle of who knows where and Sky Valley. Sky Valley but like, what is, where is Sky Valley? You know, and because uh, the, they got a tip that these mercenaries were training out there, and of course, who shows up but good old Augie Swan, dressed as the biggest dorkiest cowboy ever mm -hmm. <laughs> i thought they might make a joke like hey i'm wearing a stetson hat you know kind of thing yeah. but they didn't he mm -hmm. said it's a hoss cartwright original i love it augie's like lee baby <laughs> he's like nice outfit she's like speaking of outfits <laughs> and then i love it billy goes you know this joker <laughs> and then he goes hi augie's funny goes get out of here <laughs> billy is not happy so Hoggy explains that he heard somebody needed some supplies. He's like, what kind of supplies? <laughs> and then he gets a little snippy. Lee gets a little snippy with Augie because he's 
not in the mood for his shenanigans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, you better give me a straight answer or you're going to eat this hat. <laughs> I know that it's hat. like if he's gonna meet like mercenaries, which he says he's gonna do, just seems ridiculous. This is Augie's hiking yeah. outfit. <laughs> Lexi. <laughs> Apparently, someone's looking for some flamethrowers. He's like, for what? He's like, maybe they're gonna barbecue. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> he's like, they're not very nice people. <laughs> he's like, thanks for the insight. He's like, hey, anytime I can help my country. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, look at the um, Jefferson Memorial. It looks so pretty. Mm-hmm. I love that. Now, Amanda is at Byron Jordan's house. And fire's going, candlelight dinner. This is not appropriate. Not appropriate. Not appropriate A at personal all. dinner, one-on-one, candlelit at night. No business discussed. That, yes. These are all the red flags yes. being waved right now. Ladies, don't let yourself fall into this trap. Yeah. Nothing good can come of this. Yeah. So, you know, she asks him, this is very important, because she asks, out of all the companies, the security companies in Washington, why is he the most successful? And he says, well, it's because that all of the information is stored in his brain and it's not anywhere else and no one else can get access to it. Um, So that's very important, a little foreshadowing there, because that's going to come into play here momentarily it seems like a huge liability because the whole company now has to be shut down all of his clients have to get new systems like yeah it's really secure until it isn't it's the least secure in the entire world yeah but is it though either he's got like 15 different codes for different houses across washington dc or he's using the same one yeah find the one code they can break it anywhere I don't know. It doesn't seem like a good plan to me. <laughs> Seems like there'd be some more secure. Maybe he's really good at remembering numbers. Like remember numbers uh, you know, I would agree with you, but in this day and age, with all the codes, I have to put it everywhere and change my password every like thirty days. Yeah. yeah. I don't think so, especially when you get older. <laughs> I remember all those codes. Uh huh. One, one code or a couple, like three. Right. Maybe he has a system and like there's a way to make the name of the person into numbers or something. Yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm rationalizing. (laughs) Good good idea. Well, now he gets a little more creepy. He's like, look, Amanda, I like you. And she's like, okay. He's like, I like you a lot. I've liked you from the first moment I laid eyes on you. (sighs) But I'm not a pushy kind of guy. No, really? Are you sure? He's not like crawling all over her though. Like no, saying, it's inappropriate, but it's it's done in a way where you don't immediately fear for her life, <laughs> and that's the scale that we have to use sometimes. Oh, that's know? so sad. It's sad, but that's true. He's creepy, but he's not. He's not yeah, pawing at me. Exactly. How sad is that? That's the scale sometimes. Now he does clarify. He's like, I hired you for a position because you're the best person for that position. Really, really. I think he's trying to be upfront with her, but. It's too much, too fast. Yeah, too too much, too fast. And he says, and if anything else happens between us, it's just icing on the cake. This is so inappropriate. Oh, yes. So inappropriate. And she's like smiling. She's like, oh, well, maybe. I just like to go with the flow. And she's like, okay, can we move on, please? Can I go home now? The cake wants to go home. (laughs) Yeah, the cake wants to go home. (laughs) 
Okay. So why the, the limo driver is taking her home. Yes. Right. He sees Byron Jordan is very much alive. Mm-hmm. Right. So why doesn't the, why don't the police so, go to the, the limo guy and say, Hey, limo guy, Mrs. King says that you took her home and left mm-hmm. when, when she left Byron Jordan was very much alive. I don't remember who um, Tucker's guys were. Is this one of his guys? This no. One? No, it's not. Mm-mm. Maybe she could have circled back and rebrandished her steak knife and stabbed <laughs> him after she was angry or after they left things. Tucker bribed this guy to disappear, yeah, to go away. Maybe. Or he killed them. Maybe. You know? Maybe. Yeah, that's true. He could have done that. But yeah, it should at least come up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a witness. Now he walks her to the car, and then he goes back into his place, and then only to find his partner, Glenn, sitting there with some other guy. And he's like, "What are you doing here?" He goes, "Couldn't it wait till tomorrow?" And he's like, "She's a very attractive woman. Yeah, she is. You married her, you ding dong." Mm-hmm. <laughs> This guy is way, Byron is way too trusting for the owner of a security. But that's his partner. I mean, think about it. You have this intimacy with a partner. You know what I mean? Like a business intimacy. You know what I mean? But he's, like but he's showing up with this weirdo. Yeah. No, I mean, my 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 spidey senses would definitely be going off for sure. But he seems I agree. like a, an overall nice guy, I guess. Yeah. He's like, yes, yeah, she is. He goes, doesn't eat very much. Yeah, (laughs) it's funny though. He's like, I don't suppose you'd give me the ax, give me the access code to Nabuti's safe house if I asked. He goes, no way, that's a breach of security. He goes, just because you bankroll my company doesn't give you the right. And then he grabs the stake and just drills it into him hard. Man, ouch, ouch is right. He goes, yeah, I didn't think so. (laughs) Blow the safe. The agency will think the access codes have codes been stolen and we can put in a whole new security system from scratch. You bastard. Hmm. Oh, back at back at summer the summer house in Amanda's. <laughs> <laughs> She's baking bread. Is it Saturday now, supposedly? The kids are are the kids going off to school? No, they're just playing baseball. So it must be Saturday. That must have been Friday night. Yeah. It must have been like weird day That's to start a, a new Friday. job too. Yeah, she so she started on a Friday. Hmm. After her date. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a date, Jen. That wasn't a date. That was business. That was all business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you thought it was just Dottie, like, cranking him out. Mm-hmm. And then also, the police come to the door, right, like, almost immediately after Dottie and the kids leave. So doesn't Dottie bump into the police? You'd think. It was all about timing. One left, one came in. Yeah. Plus, Daddy's oblivious, so no. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So he 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 just announces himself, Detective Barr, and you're under arrest. She's like, "What?" At least they handcuffed her to the in the front. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how he has this little card. Like, do we have that memorized by now? Oh, the Miranda rights. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed to you by the courts. Do you understand your rights as you have been given? (laughs) Yeah, he's got a little handwritten note card. Like, he's taking a test. (laughs) Look at those jelly beans. (laughs) Yeah. 
There's a big jar of jelly beans with a funky lid. And Lee just helps himself into the, uh, walks himself into the office and is like looking at blueprints and everything. Yeah, seems a little weird. Yeah. Now Glenn walks in and he's like kind of a little miffed to see Lee going through the blueprints. He goes, well, you guys didn't waste any time. Well, Amanda works there now, so he just thinks he can just leave the bus whatever. <laughs> right. So at this point, I'm, I gather Lee doesn't know that Amanda's been arrested because it seems to be happening somewhat simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And plus, if he did, I think he would have been at the jail right away. I don't know, because he when he talks to Tucker... Oh, yeah, you're right. Tucker's yeah. It, he said, no, we know Amanda. I know Amanda didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And... So I think he knows, but he just, he can't do it. Oh, yeah, you're right. He does, because he, he says this the case is too thin. It won't wash. Yeah. He goes, I thought her prints were all over the murder weapon. He goes, yeah, they were, but I know Amanda. She couldn't kill anybody. This is what it pays to have friends in the Secret Service or whatever mm-hmm. that he is supposed to Yeah, represent. exactly. I need some friends in high places. Not I murdered anybody, but just, but just in case. No, I love it. Not because I murdered anybody. Just because I want them. <laughs> you never know. So now they're getting back to business and they're saying that they um, will have to get a whole new system in. And that, of course, is falling right into Glenn's plan. Mm-hmm. He wants to be able to replace it because he knows he can't get that code. Because that's why they blew the safe so it would look like, you know, somebody took the codes and then everything's at risk. So everybody falls for it. But I know everything that Jordan did. He wanted it that way so I could back him up. No, he didn't, you little turkey. So Amanda is getting uh, the skinny uh, from Wilma, <laughs> who apparently choked her um, her man. Her John. Her, her, her man. Her John. <laughs> She goes, so what would you do in the bedroom? She goes, no, in the dining room. She goes, oh, that's kinky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's like, well, I didn't do it. She goes, ah, steak knife, right? She just nods, yes. Wilma does not seem worried about her charges. No. She's like, yeah, whatever, I killed him. (laughs) Okay, now this is the second time that Lee's had to bail Amanda out of jail. Yeah. Just in season two. (laughs) True. I love it. Wilma's like, is this the one you keep on the side? How are you? Pretty damn good. Mm. <laughs> Ew. I love she grabs his a hunk. <laughs> She's like, oh, just get me out of here. <laughs> well. Look, you know I didn't do it. I know that. But your fingerprints were all over the murder weapon. Yeah, I know. What were you doing there? Having dinner. Just dinner? Just dinner. Just dinner and we discussed a little business. 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 At his house? Right. With candles? Yeah, with Ke- well, look, he told me that he liked me. And you told the police that? Yes. It's the truth. Amanda, you just handed them the motive. It's a oh. crime of passion. He pressured you, you resisted it. I didn't resist it. He didn't pressure me. I didn't have to resist it. Look, he's a very nice man. Amanda, the police do not know from nice. What am I going to do? You're going to be released in my custody. Then we have to get you a good lawyer. Can I leave with you now? Yeah, sure. Unless you want to stay here and say goodbye to Wilma. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So then she comes home and explains to her mother that she's been arrested. <laughs> this time she doesn't have to yell, Arrested! In front of all the people. Exactly. She's like, 
uh, mother, I was in jail. She's like, oh, how horrible for you. And your first day you had to go to, you had, it was in a jail, setting up security in a jail. She's like, no, mother, I was arrested. She goes, what? She's like, yeah, the police think I stabbed my boss. <laughs> She's like, they think I resisted his advances. She goes, you, you didn't? She goes, she goes, no, I didn't. He, he didn't make any advances for me to resist. I love it. She goes, oh, Amanda, they could blame you. She goes, they do blame me, mother. That's why they arrested me. (laughs) (laughs) It's all very cute. It it. is. They're adorable. (laughs) And she's like, well, did you tell them the truth? She goes, yes, they just don't believe me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're so cute. I love how, how she gets emotion through the inflections in her voice, you know. So she goes out to bring in the the wash and because it's about to rain. And guess who's there <laughs> scaring the bejeebas out of her? She's like, I wish you wouldn't startle me like that. <laughs> it's Lee's favorite thing. I know. I think he gets a kick out of it. He's got her an attorney, um, Dewey Lawrence, and he's a hell of a good lawyer, which is good. So he's going to police station and they'll deal with it. And he's like, I'm going to get you out of this. Which is nice because they're not even co-workers anymore. Mm-hmm. But they're friends. They are friends, which is nice because he would have fought that for many, many moons a, a couple months ago. See? See the what? The driver. Is that the same guy? I don't know. The case could be made. She's saying the, the guy that just put bags in the back of the truck were is the limo driver. And, oh, so that's and it, why he wasn't. Yeah, it could be. Alibi. It could be. You're right. Oh, Good eye. Yeah. yeah, it does look like him. Yeah. Huh, maybe. Rats everywhere. Hmm, interesting. So they've loaded up. They've got all their guns and ammo and everything. And uh, two of the guys are heading off. And then his main guy, his point guy, he's kind of filling in some information. He goes, now there's one last matter. Amanda King. Uh-oh. Please keep going on this. They're going to figure it out that she, you know, she wasn't there. And that would be unfortunate. But if Amanda King ends up dead, the cops would probably drop the case. That's right. I can just see it. She becomes wracked with guilt and remorse over Byron Jordan's murder and commits suicide. Yeah, the last guy that tried to say that she committed suicide didn't do so well, buddy. He's unaware of that situation. Apparently. <laughs> Later that night, they're like stalking Amanda's house and Dottie's going mad crazy on her bike. (laughs) That's so funny. funny. She is. She's just going to town on that thing. (laughs) Why is Amanda still in her shoes? Like, take those shoes off. When I get home, I get my bra off. My shoes are off. Amanda's very melancholy. She's not very like her. She's usually so up. So Dottie gets off her bike and gives Amanda a nice little hug and gives her some support and says she'll go check on the boys and then ask Amanda to go take out the trash, which is very unfortunate that she does that. So as she's heading out to take the garbage out, some garbage decides to try and kill her. And so they put uh, chloroform over her mouth and... Um, then they send her in the garage. What is that thing hanging up? What, did you see that right there? Yeah. That green thing? What is that? It's a really ugly light. Is that like a butter churner? It looks like one of those butter, old-fashioned butter churners. Yeah, maybe. Where are you guys? Oh, Alan 
on the deck. Yeah, out on the porch there. 3226. Yeah, I think it's one of those butter things. It looks like a butter turner, but it's like hanging up pretty high too. So how long does somebody get knocked out with chloroform? Anybody know? Well, the last time I did it, it <laughs> I have no idea. I think it depends on how much they I'm just Yeah, probably. I mean, if you're going to like chloroform her, and then as we see, she, she gets put in the car, that takes a little bit of time to build up all that carbon monoxide. Mm-hmm. It depends on how much you dose them with. Yeah, that's what Lexi yeah, just said, too. How long they breathe them in. How long they breathe and them in. And probably how big that person is. Mm-hmm. So it probably, a little drop would have killed Amanda. Five minutes, ten minutes. I don't know. You're the toxicologist. I don't know. I have not researched the uh, time. <laughs> so none of us are trying to kill anybody. That's good. I think you can overdose on it. I'm pretty sure you can overdose on it, too. I feel like it's probably not something I should Google. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I swear it was just for an episode of Scarecrow Mrs. King, Your Honor. <laughs> Come get you. Yes, like, for stories, I'm yeah. Sure I know. I looked up um, a bomb, like uh, injuries from a bomb from an explosion, you know. And I'm like, oh god, someone's gonna find this someday and be like, oh, that was the first yeah. sign. <laughs> exactly. Is that when you're just like, I just write fan fiction. <laughs> I know, right? It's exactly right. I swear. And here's the story. I swear. Tucker sends the guy in to get Amanda's keys and then he brings her, they bring her out to her car that's in the garage and start it up. So, and then they put towels all of them on the bottom of the thing there. So to keep the fumes inside the garage, which I don't think this happens anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Does it? I don't think the, I don't think they have the catalytic converters anymore. I have no idea. It's still, though, the exhaust, because what it does is it replaces the oxygen. Okay. Yeah. It's still, yeah, I think it, it's, yeah, still, it's, it's, still, it's still carbon monoxide. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a 68 year, but. Yeah. yeah. It's just like having that problem in your house, you know, where you have some appliance that's spewing it and. Yeah. Oxygen and you can't detect it. Hate, hate, hate Lee's outfit here. It's horrendous. It's awful. It's like. Like uh, suede or corduroy, yeah, it's rusty like brown pants, and then a brown, uh, off-color brown jacket with it. Mm-hmm. And it's awful. Awful. It looks like a couch. Yes! 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 <laughs> now, he just happens to come by, and he hears the, the car running in the garage, and goes in there and and finds Amanda and pulls her out. How awkward if she really really was trying to kill herself, you know, that he would find her. But so fortuitous that he did because she wasn't. And uh, he got her out of there and he, he realizes, you know, someone obviously knocked her out and put her in the car and, and started it to try and kill her. He's like, why would somebody want to make it look like you committed suicide? And she's like, well, heck, I don't know. I'm sure her brain's not real smooth right now and he's like unless someone doesn't want you you know around well duh so he's putting two and two together that her committing suicide would point the finger that she was guilty so guilty that she'd have to kill herself because she feels so horrible so one thing i noticed about this scene though too is it's on the lot now yes previously they've all been Mm -hmm. out in the neighborhood 
Well, the establishing shots are. Yeah, yeah. but even you see that garage of that other house, you know, that brick structure. Mm-hmm. So they had the, out, the scenes filmed there. Well, both of them are on the lot, Jen. Hmm? Both of them, at the time, both were on the lot. They were just in oh, different right. lots. Because Warner Boulevard used to be owned by Warner Warner Brothers Studios. Warner Brothers used to own it all. Yeah. So that was, it was still theirs too at the time. So both of them were theirs. Whenever you're doing a lot of the bad guy shots and they were walking around the neighborhood, you still saw that the house on Warner Boulevard. Yeah. The neighboring house. Mm-hmm. As opposed to this one, which is like a two-story, you know, this one's on the neighboring, the, the one to the left of her house. Mm-hmm. So it's just the first time I've really seen a lot of the other shots on the lot versus yeah. in the neighborhood. I think this is the first time they used the garage. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. And since probably because the Warner Brothers house didn't have it, they mm-hmm. had to use the lot one. Yep. Yep. Because it's, it's that, well, it, the weird thing too about it, it's like it's attached to a building to the left. As opposed to being attached to a building to the right. Mm-hmm. So Lee goes back behind the house. The house is on the right. Mm-hmm. When he gets to the garage. The, the house, house is on the left. left yep. The garage. Right. So it doesn't even, doesn't even make sense. Right. Yeah, and that's because on the lot, it's like, didn't they use the garage area from like the, what is it? The um, the house next door. Partridge family or something yeah. house. It was a completely different house that they yeah. were mm-hmm. working with. Yeah, it was like all on the wrong side. Like somebody didn't think it out very well. So now we're, the next day, we're at the agency. And apparently we've interrupted Francine from filming a Michael Jackson uh, video. And... um, (laughs) Poor Francine. Yeah, that black and red just, it looks like a beat it uh, video excerpt. They're all putting things together. Um, they realize that Tucker is behind all this because Lee's saying we have the new system. She's like, new system? She goes, yeah, we thought they might have stolen it. And she goes, they can't steal it. It was all in his head. And he goes, did Jordan tell you if anybody else knew the access code? He, she says, that's the reason he memorized them so no one else would know what they were. And Tucker knew that. He set us up. Yes, he did, sir. I'm so glad you're finally getting it, because we knew all along. <laughs> We're so smart. And I'm pretty sure that is Michael Jackson's jacket. I'm telling you. That's what I said. That whole outfit is hilarious. Amanda knows the override, uh, and she has to come along because she needs to show them, because it's just easier for her that way. It's like, she's either very manipulative, or she's just, you know... To compare it as Amanda, and it would probably be a really long, complicated conversation totally about the two buttons that she has to press, <laughs> which she describes when she actually gets there as well. Yes. But if she's trying to describe to them right now, she'll be like, oh, go next to the bush that has these flowers and the tree. <laughs> and they bush. only bloom during this yeah. time of the year. <laughs> Make sure it's the one on the far right, not the one next to it, but the one on the very, the furthest, the furthest on that side. And don't press the red one first. Make sure you press the black. Make sure you go for 60 seconds at 59 or 58. <laughs> totally true. Amanda, go. <laughs> so they know they know her well enough not to argue and just be like, okay, come along. <laughs> Let's go. So now Francine's gonna beat it. <laughs> Get it to beat it because the goat. <laughs> oh, nice. 
Amanda and Lee are in the Corvette headed toward the Nabooty mansion. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all get in there and they come up in the back because they don't want to give themselves away, obviously. And I have to ask, how the heck did Augie get himself invited to this thing? And where? what are those, um, those uh, medals and stuff on his jacket? How did he get those? He's like trying to sell Nabooty on his... His newest idea, which sounds ridiculous. Women boxing. So, okay, there's a line that he says here that cracks me up. Now that we know what Augie did after... Yes, yes. He says, says, you can franchise in every part of your country, in every city in your country. It's it's a golden opportunity. Like, I died laughing because... And we'll call it LA Fitness. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. And oh my goodness, it took off. <laughs> Nothing like a national pastime. Exactly. <laughs> Uncle Phil looks really young there. Yep. He does. And a lot thinner. Still super tall with his deep voice. Yes. Thinner, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> so now we see uh, Tucker's men going over the fence. Not very smoothly, no, but they are. He almost skewered his butt right <laughs> Yeah, he did. Yeah, I was wondering if Augie could get invited. Do you think Tucker or someone could get invited? Right? Like, be at the party. Mm-hmm. But how would they get in with the guns, though? From, you know? The other, the other couple. Yeah, them. they'd have to. Yeah, so they'd have to already be there. So you might as well just go in with your guns, I guess. I like how they trained in army fatigues, and yet for the actual mission, they're all just yeah. in, like, plain Joe clothes. <laughs> That's funny. Like, no one's going to see them going across the yard like that, for crying out loud. Well, he could just say he's working on the security system. Yeah. Someone asked. With all their guns. <laughs> <laughs> it is a huge property. I mean, huge. The guys slowly take uh, the guards out. <laughs> they just maul at one guy. <laughs> Tucker is going to reset the alarm when he gets inside so that they wouldn't be able to come in with, without setting off the alarm. So Tucker and his men are in. Everybody's scrambling. Big melee. And they've got everybody kind of in the foyer all kind of huddled up. So Tucker's telling him, hey, first we're going to... He goes, just take me. And he's like, uh, first we're going to make you a TV star. So he's requesting... We learned from Lee that he's requesting... A video camera, a news crew coming in, and uh, you gotta love it. Bruce, Bruce, like high jumps that uh, big shrub. <laughs> that would have been funny if he would have like tripped on I'm it. Sure you know, gonna be one oh, you gotta think, right? How funny! So he's got a couple of men keeping watch outside. He's got some in the build inside the house, and they want a TV crew. So Amanda explains that she's gonna override the system, and they'll have sixty seconds. Um, That'll deactivate the system. She hits black and then red. And now they're off. They didn't synchronize their their watches. Mm -hmm. What did Francine give Amanda there? Like a wonky-talky or something? It's kind of hard to see what it is. But she hands hands it to her like, here, just take this. Like she was supposed to give it to her. Yeah, I think so. Kate's like, what the hell did you give me, Martha? What the hell is this? Those earrings are so big. On her poor little head. Mm-hmm. So people are scrambling all over the place. Uh-oh. Ooh, ooh, he took a whole big head header in there, didn't he? 
So Amanda tries to make it across the yard, but but Glenn catches up with her. So now he's going to uh, use her as bait, I'm sure. And Francine darted the one guy with her crossbow. Yes, right in the arm. And then Billy's taken over, overtaking the guy upstairs. And then Lee's come up from the upstairs too and can see them holding him. And then Glenn comes in with Amanda. Darn it. But then Amanda uses the, the knight's uh, knife and or um, axe and then drops it on Tucker's hand and knocks the gun out. So then Lee can now fight him. You gotta love <laughs> you gotta love that Augie goes flying over the, the railing and takes takes a punch to the gut the and then takes out the bad guy. And then poor Sam <laughs> Melville falls into the cake <laughs> face first. He sits there, he's how can he breathe? Like he's sitting there for a good thirty seconds with Kate just not being able to breathe. Yep. Yeah, and he doesn't move until Billy comes up and takes him up. What does he wake up all of a sudden? Like it's Maybe so he's funny. got a really good lung capacity. <laughs> oh my goodness. Maybe I, he's a swimmer. I love the little look they the two of them give each other. It's so sweet. Very cute. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the second time Amanda uses a knight to bath up the uh, bad guy's hands? Doesn't she do that in Well, there's a knight in um a favorite Bromfield Hall, but she just counts I thought she did something like that. She just counts she, those things. I forget what they're called. Out. Yeah, she just counts the things and notices that one's missing. Hmm. But that's it. I don't think she uses a knight again. Must just be something else she does that with. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. uh, The guys are laughing. They're like, I thought he looked better in the cowboy outfit. So they're talking about Augie, obviously. (laughs) So they seem, they're actually, it's very sweet because they're like in a really good mood. They're like, hey, thanks for coming down here. He's like, we've got some good news. She's like, yeah. You can tell she's like hoping that that's what they're going to tell her. (laughs) And Billy got to say Ubandwa again. So I think he was happy. And uh, so Nubuti's all safe and sound in Ubandwa, and uh, the agency's able to uh, offer her a raise, uh, offer her her job back, and she's super excited. And then they said with a raise, and she's like, "Oh, that's really wonderful! I really appreciate this." And um, she's like, "Thank you, Lee. Thank you, sir." He's like, "You deserve it." And then he leaves, leaving the two of them together. And she's like, "You know, how did I don't want to be nosy or anything, but how did you manage to get my old job back with a raise?" With expense cuts. And, and then all of a sudden, Francine comes in with that yellow. She looks really good in the yellow, I she think. Yeah. Which, how many people look good in yellow? Not very many. Especially blondes. Yeah. <laughs> she looks cute. And she's fit to be tied because her clothing allowance has just been cut. Yeah. And she's in not half. healthy. In half, yes. <laughs> she brought a, bought an original Chelsea gown for the Sikkim Ambassador Gala. Sakim. Ambassador Gallo. If I have to put, pay for that gown out of gown myself, I'm talking to Billy right now. And then Amanda's quiet as a mouse, and then she kind of looks over and goes, "My raise." And he says, "Your raise." Did you want to talk about what the script was? That was literally the subtle difference oh. is that she just says, "My raise," and Lee and, wasn't a part of it. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Mm-hmm. And then I like how she's like, you know, kind of. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, a cute one. Not like one of my faves, but it's it's a cute one. Yeah. And it's nice that he cares so much, you know, to still stay connected with her and take care of her even when they're no longer technically partners. Yeah. That's nice. Good boy, Lee. 
It's time for Dottie's Bookshelf, where we'll give you recommendations for a couple of fan fictions that are tied to this episode. The first recommendation is Missing Her, written by Lee Lover 2 in April of 2002, and it's about 3,500 words. The show really didn't give Lee enough time to really miss Amanda. How would her absence in his life affected him? You'll have to read the fanfic to find out. The second recommendation is The Right Way Back. It's written by Anne in January of 2000. And it's about 17,000 words. This story is an alternative universe, which is my favorite type of story. Uh, It's based on the idea that Byron Jordan wasn't killed, so Amanda never returned to the agency. But that wouldn't be the end of Lee and Amanda, could it? We'll link both of these stories to our website at mkcpodcast.com. And as always, you can find them on fanfiction.net. Ernie the Camera brings you the video vault for episode 22, Murder Between Friends. This episode shows Amanda standing up for herself and what she needs. This must have been a hard decision given how much she cares about Lee and her agency work. Just when it seemed like she might have it all, a wonderful boss, good money, and an office with a view, it's whisked away in the most awful way after her first day of work. Charged with murder, Amanda is definitely shouting SOS, and Lee is sure to help. The first video is put together by Moxie's SNK Vids and is based on the song SOS by Rihanna. This video has great scenes from season one and two where Amanda needs rescuing. The second video is based on the song Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Ashley, which is one of my kind of favorite songs from the 80s actually. And the video clips were put together by Love SNK. This is a sweet song that showed Lee could really never give Amanda up and would do just about anything for her even if she's mistakenly charged with murder. These videos can be found on YouTube, and we have provided links on our website at mkcpodcast.com. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Mrs. King's Chronicles. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, and in addition to our podcast episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, you can also now find us on Stitcher, thanks to Miranda. Um, She said it's a better option than the Apple Podcast app if you happen to be listening to us through that. Um, You're able to create playlists, link it up in other ways. So yeah, be sure to check us out there. And make sure you join us for our season finale next time, final episode of season two, number 23, Vigilante Mothers. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.